Hey, my name's David, the host of Ambisonic Spaces. And I just want to thank you for listening. And I want to tell you about a new feed of the show called Ambisonic Spaces Plus. If you're a sound designer, work in game audio, if you're a field recording enthusiast, or just want to support this podcast, check out subscribing to the Patreon page, Ambisonic Spaces Plus. There you'll be able to gain access to listen to episodes in spatial audio. All you need is some AirPods that support head tracking and the Patreon app or Safari. Just connect your AirPods to their device, turn on head tracking, and listen through Patreon. The sounds dynamically change around you as you move your head. Super cool and a very immersive experience. You'll also have access to download assets to use for your game audio projects and engines like Unreal and Unity, or use them for sound beds for any project that you have. And finally, as a Patreon, you can import the RSS feed into Apple Podcasts and listen through spatial audio there as well. Is it possibly the first ambisonic spatial audio dynamic head tracking podcast ever? Perhaps. But check out the free samples on Patreon to hear for yourself. Links in the description. Find out more at ambisonicspaces.org. Thanks for listening. My name is David, and you're listening to Ambisonic Spaces. The space you're listening to right now is a Colorado meadow deep in the Rocky Mountains, where mountain country highways turn into county roads that wind their way into forest service roads that are only accessible during the surrounding summer months. A space that is mostly untouched from human not too far from Guffey, Colorado. At 8,600 feet, Guffey is a small mountain town which had its beginnings in the late 1800s with its booming population of 500, bringing cattle ranching and lumber operations, supplementing Guffey's mining activity from the Freshwater Mining District. Fast forward to about 100 years to today. Today, the small, friendly, quiet town of 113 has somewhat been forgotten by time with rustic homes repurposed as rental cabins, false-fronted buildings with their peeled paint, antique shops selling forgotten treasures of clawfoot bathtubs and other turn-of-the-century trinkets, and hundred-year-old rusted farm equipment dotted throughout the town, aged by the weather and time. Last episode, we discovered the catamount creature encounters that John and his family are plagued with around their property just outside of Guffey. So if you haven't yet, stop this episode and check out catamount creatures to get the full context of their situation. But here's a small recap. It makes a sound. It makes it's a particular sound. It's like sound. a solid piece of wood right. smacking us. Smack like a, like a, a big tree. tree. Like a branch. So, something yeah. like that. I hear one... One tree knock and it's straight out. Then two or three seconds later, there's another one farther back, farther out that way. Bing! It's getting farther away. Then I heard, I stood there and listened until, how many did I say there were? About seven? Sometimes they put sticks in squares, sometimes circles, sometimes X's. I mean, it was all kinds of shapes. 
There's an obelisk rock that I have out there and it first appeared on my way on one morning on my way to feed the horses. It was just there and it was standing upright, which was really strange. And when you hear it actually right there here, in the depth of it, it's crazy. And that's this that's the sound that's like rattling. When he's doing that, it's like it's bass. That's crazy. And I'm looking at a Bigfoot and he's looking at me and I'm thinking. Well, first I'm thinking, oh crap, they're really real. <laughs> You're gonna hear the scream. You're gonna hear the horse scream. And then you're gonna hear Bigfoot go and laugh. So I just wanna back up a little bit. John moved to Guffey a few years later than Jill and the rest of his family. While most of Jill's encounters were happening, John was skeptical and wrote off the sounds, like the footsteps, tree knocks, and strange objects moving about, thinking that they were just people messing with him. Or bears, coyotes, and mountain lions, that kind of thing. However, one encounter literally knocked him off his feet. So I'm sitting in my camper, and what I was doing is I was offsetting the pump on this thing, which took a shit on me, so I took it off. John set up his shop on the property to work on cars, trucks, and anything mechanical. He replaces parts, welds, grinds, and can fix just about any part on a vehicle you can think of. He's currently showing me exactly what he was working on one night, pipe-wrenching some galvanized pipes to modify a diesel fuel tank in one of his trucks. Pipe-wrenching all that shit together in the camper. Then I wake up, you know, unconscious on the floor. But you don't know how you got there. Don't know how I got there. I'm sitting at the front of my camper... Up, you know, up by my bedroom, and I'm sitting in a, you know, a little chair, a little camping chair, and I'm sitting on a pipe wrench, all that shit on the ground. Next thing I know, I wake up, I'm about two feet away from the chair, here's the bed, here's the entertainment center, and I'm laying up against the, the floor, you know, up against the entertainment center. Can't move, and da-da-da, well, it's a story on the picture, which is what freaks me out, mm-hmm. because the picture... What John is referencing is a picture he showed me that he took of himself to show his girlfriend 24 hours after he got knocked out. In this picture, you can see a welt on his forehead, allegedly, from some of the pipes he was working with. So I started telling her the story, thinking carbon monoxide over I'll send you a picture of this freaking welt I have on my head. So I went, and that's, so that's the story behind the picture. Okay. It's not even the same night. Yeah. That, that I got knocked out or whatever. How did he end up on the floor? Why were there abrasions on his forehead? Put a pin in that for now because there's an element in this story from all the pictures. After hearing and seeing these strange creatures for so long, they decided to put up trail cams, motion-detecting cameras, and lights surrounding the property to try and capture the commotion from these things. From shadows following the animals, pictures of huge feet and massive knuckle prints in the snow, and some kind of large mass running away from activity. So she puts a trail cam on that tree over there, that big one, one over there, uh, one over there. She puts one on this tree, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. this tree facing down the side of my camper. Okay. One on that tree, yeah. which is the one that caught so you're the picture of it. Just surrounded. She surrounded my camera and my camper. And all of a sudden, there's a dog, you know, one of our dogs, walking. Mm-hmm. But at the same exact time, about three trees back is those legs. And that thing's going from tree to tree, following the dog. 
Oh, All you can see is the legs and, and somewhat of a, like a darker kind of like over here. You know, people say they see a, a face. I don't. Yeah. You can see. You can see. You can see kind of a body. Yeah. You know, there's some sort of mass there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the heel print. That's the knuckle. Mm -hmm. And there's the his footprints, but I didn't realize I got it until right there and a little bit bigger. But it's a perfect with the thumb folded. And ten and, inches I mean, across. Look at that. Look at my boot oh, next yeah. to it. Look like a kid freaking shoe. Yeah, but look at mine. I, that's a t it was 10 inches wide. Good look on that, Mom. How clear of a track we got on that one. Yeah, that was a blowover from the I night wish the before. Damn. Right before I walk by, okay, something yeah. something's like stands up and goes that way. It's like lumbering like a bear. Yeah, yeah. but look how tall well, it is. And, but look, Those sheds right are before, 10 yeah, foot. I'll take you back there. That's why I wanted. That's why I said this would be better for you to come up here. Mm -hmm. so you and then there, see now you can see the eyes. See how big and round they are? Yeah. And it's way back there. So, with all these pictures from the trail cams and phones, John, still somewhat skeptical at the time, takes these photos to a photography specialist in the city to help him make sense of these photos. He goes on, and his whole thing is, especially in these mountain areas in Colorado, is go through all your pictures, your picture albums, of, you know, with the forest in the background and this and this and that. And he starts giving examples, which is why I, I contact him. Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but like, there's like this wedding party in there. You know, they all pose and this mm -hmm. and that. And there's a picture. And he zooms in up over him, up on the hill in the trees. And there's something poking around the tree. I mean, big old shoulders and big head mm -hmm. looking. And he's got, he's got all kinds of different pictures that he's gotten from other people. So I go down there, I'm talking to him. And I John shows the specialist all his trail cam pictures and videos taken, including the photo he took of himself with the forehead abrasion. The last one I took, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm flipping through, and as soon as, I, as soon as I flipped on it, he's sitting here, and he saw it from there. He goes, holy shit, you see that behind you? I'm like, what? <laughs> Never had seen it yet. Yeah. I look, holy crap, what is that? In this particular photo, taken at night, in his camper, in the same area he got knocked out, the bottom half of this picture, you can see John's face from the bridge of his nose up, focusing on his eyes and forehead, where on his forehead, you see a gash sitting on top of a sizable welt. The top half of this photo, you could see a window shade to the left, a light at the top of the picture, somewhat washing out most of the photo, with rolled up extension cords hung from the wall and various objects at home in a camper belonging to a mechanic deep in the mountains. On the right upper side of this picture, you can see two galvanized pipes that look like they're just hanging there. Zooming in a little closer, you can make out to see these galvanized pipes are not quite hanging, but being carried by something, a hairy black humanoid with one pipe being carried over the right shoulder and the second pipe being gripped by the left hand. Zooming in as far as the phone will allow me to go, you can somewhat make out a head with tangled hair, a large nose that catches the light more so than the rest of this object, and two round eyes piercing straight at the camera. Okay, so about seeing the thing behind me, I didn't see that for probably three and a half months. When I saw that out there and a couple other times I saw him in, in incidents and then 
it's not people anymore and I hear them walking on that shit. I mm-hmm. hear them breathing hard, brushing against the shit. So then I'm like, all right, yeah, they're out here. How the hell to get back in my camper and why would that same moment take a picture 24 hours later and stand back behind it? Yeah. But you can see there's obviously something standing there. Yeah, holding the pipes. Yeah. They, that, one, that one there trips me out because it's like, for one, how did he get in my camper? Mm-hmm. Two, my, you heard my little dog barking. Mm-hmm. She, she's a talker. After years of chasing footsteps out into the woods, hearing loud banging on his house and work shed, seeing 18-inch footprints in the snow on several occasions and several run-ins face-to-face, and getting knocked out, John is now convinced. That goes back to the, yeah, my whole I mean, I don't know. quest on this is mm-hmm. like, I know what I've seen. Who knows? She knows what she's seen and heard. All I'm saying is... I, I'd like to get more answers because there's so much. I just want answers. I still do. Mm-hmm. I don't want fame. I don't want money. None of that crap. I just, I want answers. But see, at, fir- at first, you don't, your mind's not trained to think, oh, that, that might be Bigfoot or that might be a big hairy person. Mm-hmm. So and Your mind's trained, trained to think of excuses. It's better when you're just oblivious to it. There's a lot to explain that can't really be explained. I haven't even gone through all the stories they've told me. All I know is that they never were Bigfoot advocates or ever wanted to be. They just live in a space where unexplainable instances occur with unworldly sonic activity. But by listening more, do we really understand more? We heard them right outside the shed breathing or whatever. I heard an animal crying. It's like a bleat. You can hear that. Yeah. Then I heard tree knocks. Bam, 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 three of them. And I, I've got those on tape too. And then I heard two roars. I could hear them breathing and moving around mm-hmm. the camper because I got up. My dogs wanted out at like 5.30 in the morning. Oh, so we hear the you No, you hear the mm-hmm. We don't have any African lions. The and the funny thing, on, on oh. one, of the, one of the videos, I was sitting... The, on the kitchen, the little table we got in there. Uh-huh. I was sitting there, I was working on something because it was cold outside and I wouldn't be outside. And I, I'm i sitting there on that table and I hear something walk up the steps and go up three steps. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> you know, because it, it was like 11 o'clock and, and they don't, after dark, they don't come over there or anything. And I, so I'm waiting for somebody to try to open that door, you know, the door handle. Nothing. Uh-huh. And about half an hour later, wham! On the back of the house, and like shake wow. the whole house. Yeah, it's, it's I would shaking. Like to, we got it on it's video. Shaking. We got it's, all kinds of it. I got that on video. It's shaking our house so hard that dishes in my cupboard rattle. I still don't like to work out here late at night if I can. It's better when you're just oblivious to it. I can only write down so, okay. what I see On that, though, and what I hear and what, you know, footprints, physical stuff that we can get, and that's all I can do. And the rest of it, unless you go back, there's no biological information or explanation on anything that we've seen. It took me about a year to... To not be scared while it's coming out of your night. You are going to be a skeptic until you come face to face or you see one walking across the trail. I just want answers. I still do. Mm -hmm. I don't want fame. I don't want money. None of that crap. 
all my only warning is I don't care if you're skeptic or not, but be careful when you're out in the woods because indeed there's more than you ever would imagine. I come out here and I, I just listen. I listen. And my biggest thing is is I, I hear them. I hear more shit than I actually see. One of the things I love about recording nature is it gives time to be in the moment, being calm and sonically observing the surroundings, just listening. It creates a place to be aware by listening, something I wish to do more in life. By listening more, we do understand more. Thank you for exploring the world through sound and listening to Ambisonic Spaces. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and comment in your player and say hi at ambisonicspaces.org. Thanks for listening.
Hey, my name's David, the host of Ambisonic Spaces. And I just want to thank you for listening. And I want to tell you about a new feed of the show called Ambisonic Spaces Plus. If you're a sound designer, work in game audio, if you're a field recording enthusiast, or just want to support this podcast, check out subscribing to the Patreon page, Ambisonic Spaces Plus. There you'll be able to gain access to listen to episodes in spatial audio. All you need is some AirPods that support head tracking and the Patreon app or Safari. Just connect your AirPods to their device, turn on head tracking, and listen through Patreon. The sounds dynamically change around you as you move your head. Super cool and a very immersive experience. You'll also have access to download assets to use for your game audio projects and engines like Unreal and Unity, or use them for sound beds for any project that you have. And finally, as a Patreon, you can import the RSS feed into Apple Podcasts and listen through spatial audio there as well. Is it possibly the first ambisonic spatial audio dynamic head tracking podcast ever? Perhaps. But check out the free samples on Patreon to hear for yourself. Links in the description. Find out more at ambisonicspaces.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>